welcome to the Pottervision podcast, the podcast where every single week, nearly, it's every other week, myself, Lucas Kirkby, had a man, you might know, you might not, you probably do, it's Tom Lawrenson. We look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books and we use them as a springboard for a convo. This week we're on chapter 110, 110, it's not binary three or something, 110, we've done a lot, and we're on chapter 15 of book five, The Hogwarts High Inquisitor, and I'm highly inquisitive as to finding out how Tom is this week. Ciento y diez, soy bien, soy tu amigo, me llamo Tom Laurinson. You see, when I say to Spanish people, my name is Tom Lawrence, and they go, got ya. Laurinso! <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's the same. <laughs> well, people, kids keep getting confused with my name at school. Uh, it keeps evolving in, mm. like, the wrong direction. So I remember telling you that I was Mr. Cugbig. And now, I, mm. someone sent me a card where I was Mrs. Cogbig with an O. So I was Mrs. MRS, it was Happy Easter, Mrs. K O G B I G, Mrs. Cogbig. Maybe, maybe that's why they thought you went off for a month. <laughs> I'd gone away to get all the legalities done on my name and my, uh, my title. Uh, uh, you don't change your surname if you're having a sex change, that's not part of it. <laughs> I went from Mr. Kirkby to Mrs. Cogbig. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that costs extra. Uh, but yeah, they. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's Easter now. Uh, I've got three weeks of holidays. And I sort of I mentioned on the main pod, but myself and Martina were looking forward to going to Croatia for a week to get away from it all. And by it all, I mean Germany. Uh, but Friday. Um, my car started playing up and the engine started overheating and we were supposed to be driving to Croatia uh, and <sighs> yeah like five minutes of driving and it started like smelling and the light came on and stuff and then it kept happening and you know you can't see a mechanic on the weekends so we've just cancelled the holiday and we're just going to chill out in Alaman. Uh, for the uh, in, yeah, for the Easter holidays, instead of chilling out in one paradise, he's going to chill out in another paradise. Exactly. Well, that's why. Because I was thinking the other day, if someone had said to me, uh, like five years ago, "Hey, you're going to have a week away in Germany," I think, "Bloody hell, great holiday!" So it's all about the way you think. Just because I'm living here, doesn't mean I can't treat it like a holiday. So, yeah, we might go out. There's some mountains near here that we've never explored. Ooh. So we might have a look to see if there's something up there, like a sign or something. Or a cyborg. Take me to cyborg. Lucas Kirkby. Take me to Lucas Kirkby. Hey, I'm here. I've climbed this mountain. You don't need to be taken to me. I'm here, cyborg. Exterminate, exterminate. Ooh, let's ask the doctor what he thinks. Hmm, how about a little spell using my magic wand? Oh, no, it's the other blongbogs. 
Oh, very good. Very good, Doctor Who. 100 series for you, methinks. The show that will never end. Hey, but enough of that. Back to our show, which is all about magic and monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Uh, when David Tennant... When David Tennant took over Doctor Who, he went like yeah. this. He went. They got. I've never watched it, but I've seen this one clip. So like they do a little transformation from one Doctor, whoever the other one was, Matt Smith or something, yeah. to David Tennant. It goes like yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally goes like this. <laughs> New teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was probably around the same time as uh, Goblet of Fire. Maybe he was just getting all his tongue action into one calendar year. Yeah, they and call... he's back as he's back as the Doctor for three episodes next year. Is he's it? Come back, yeah. David Tennant. And they're having Shooty Gatwa as uh, the new one. Who's David famous Tennant from the program Sex Education. David Tennant, or as I like to call him, the single lady's dream. <laughs> Definitely, he can do the lot. Detective, time traveler, murderous son with a. Tongue problem. Hey, look at that. Tom's doing a bit of magic with his thumb. Yeah, one looks better. Bit of prestidigitation. Ooh, detachious. Digitus. <laughs> Do you know what? I reckon our listeners, if they had the time and the gumption, they could actually put the whole Pot Vision show together based on our quotes that we sometimes do in the pod. I think if you're very clever, you could uh, put the show together and listen to it for free. I'd say. (laughs) Hey, I was going to ring you to say that we were rich last week. Why? I got got excited, right? Because we got an email about a new patron, who I'm sure we'll be giving a kiss to later. And it goes, we've got a new... And it doesn't tell you what tier they're on. When you get a notification for a new Patreon, it doesn't tell you what tier they're on. It tells you how much money they give you every month, right? So I saw this notification, and it said, new 60-something Patreon. I was like, 60? (laughs) And I was about to ring you up. I'd already had my resignation letter drafted Oh, yeah, 60, something a month extra. He's about to retire on 30 quid extra a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked it up because I wasn't quite sure what NOK was. Uh, and it turns out it's Norwegian Krona. So I thought, right, well, that could be valuable. So I type it into a conversion. I put 60 Norwegian Krona. And it equates to £4.50. Uh, yet another baby Harry. Still, welcome but aboard. we are very grateful. That's two twenty-five each, and that's like welcome aboard, my Norwegian sweet, so friend. Something. We are Norwegian, if you please. Yeah, uh, taking a song that's already very problematic and uh, bringing it to Europe. <laughs> uh, it's like listening to Sleaford Muds. <laughs> who's great. who's told you about the Sleaford mods? How do you, how's that coming to your brain? In that mad, he gets his British cultural references from his German wife. Who's uh, who's top of the pops at the minute, Martina? Oh, it's Justin Bieber again, is it? Very good boy. <laughs> I wish we'd been told, you know, like um, I feel like an old person now. 
I wish you could see in the future so you'd know, like, who's a safe bet for the next 10 years. You know, like a reference in, like, pop culture or... Because Justin Bieber's been, like, top of the pops for, like, 10, 15 years now. I think if someone had told me, right, all you have to remember is Justin Bieber. And that will be a current reference until 2027. I'll be like, thank you. And what is the German? I mean? And what is the German word for basketball? Is it Bieber? It's Bieber. It's Bieber. Yeah, play a bit of Bieber. Because in an interview right. with Justin Bieber in Germany, they said to him, "No, no, not even in Germany." But someone said, "Did you know that Bieber is German for basketball?" And he didn't understand what they meant. He goes, "I don't know what that is." Well, I thought Bieber was German for beaver, the animal. I think I'd know a bit more than you about Germany. <laughs> well, I specifically remember because we were doing a little lesson in the school about lengths of animals and how far they can jump. And one of the animals was a beaver, but it was called a beaver. And I said it should be called Justin Bieber, and the class found it bloody funny. Very good. Wait, how old, how old, how old is this? When you're like when you're like ten or something? No, this was last week. You're peddling Justin Bieber jokes at the ripe old age <laughs> of twenty-eight. Hey, look, any joke I can come up with in the German language is a is an achievement. That's like I don't know. You're like the kid who has to face the wall in normal classes. Do you know, because he can't be yeah. with the rest of it. He gets too distracted. Hey, I have to do that teaching. If the children have had enough of me, they go, right, turn around, Mr. Kirkby. And I have to turn around and face the wall until I've calmed down. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was going to say something then and I forgot. That's uh, disappointing to the fans, isn't it? Maybe not. <laughs> oh, I bet that'd have been funny. Justin. Well, Bieber. I can teach you a joke. Would you like to hear a German joke? Yeah, go on. Then. It's the first German joke I ever heard, right? And you can play along with this if you're in Germany, right? So if anyone says hi to you in Germany, right, you can have a bit of fun. Because hi in Germany. You don't. Germany you, don't is sharp. you don't add an Isle, do you? No, <laughs> no, Stop. There's, there's more to Germany than that. So, <laughs> hi means shark in German, right? So if someone says hi to you, you pretend to be scared and go, oh, where? Like that. It's very funny. Oh. Very good. Very good. <laughs> well, actually, tell you what, does, do you want to hear a Welsh joke? If someone does that for sharks, you get a bit scared. Hi! Oh, shark! Oh. Okay. Uh, it's a shark, it's a shark. Hey, but I'll teach you a Welsh joke. Go on then. Yeah, it's, uh, what do you call, I know that it's in English, but I'm translating it for you. <clears throat> what do you call a bad Italian milkman? Tell me. Tori Batelli. Right. So Tori Batelli sounds Italian, but in Welsh that means breaking bottles. Okay. Can I tell you an English joke? There you joke? go. Go on, let's hear an English joke. Let's have a bit of your culture this time. My culture, lovely. What happened to Kate Middleton on her wedding night? 
Oh no, you've told me this. Come on. What she, happened to Kate Middleton on a wedding night? She was held against her will. <laughs> well, that's quite nice. Is it? Well, it's like being held. It's not too rude, is it? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. I was, uh, you're looking Hey, wild. I've also, um, you what? Go on, what you, you say. Well, I don't know if I told this on the main pod, but maybe I did, but I'm, I've entered this competition about writing a pilot for a radio sitcom. Yeah, how'd it go? Uh, well, I finished it and I've submitted it, but I won't find out until August, but I'm quite happy with it. The deadline was yesterday, so I kind of sent it the night before last. Uh, Martina read it and laughed about four times, uh, so that's positive. It's a good sign. Um, that is a good sign. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of all right. It was all based around panto land and getting ready for a panto with a few other bits uh, weaved into it. Very good. Yeah, it's been a good process. I've enjoyed editing it. The trick is, because I was strict with myself, because normally I don't follow my own comedy writing advice, because when, when you teach comedy or whatever, you say just write stuff, write, 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 write with freedom, write as much as you can, blah, 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 and then edit later. Don't worry about me writing the perfect joke. So these, I was like, right, I've got to write this sitcom. So I wrote with freedom. I didn't leave. Well, I was typing on the keyboard, but in essence, I didn't let me pen leave the paper and I went right tap 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 and then I spent the next week or so editing it and making it better I'm like yeah it's a good technique mm. better to get it out there and then fish out the shite very good editing is a fun thing but it's hard once you get started you're on a roll but it's forcing yourself to sit down and get doing it it's difficult to find the motivation and because as well, normally, if you have an idea, write it down, you, you feel a bit attached to it. You think, oh, that's a good idea. I don't want to throw that into the trash can. Uh, but you have to. They say kill your babies, don't they? Kill your ideas if they're not no good. Oof. Yes. Oh. You been up to much this week? I went on a small excursion to Amsterdam. Oh, I went. I went for two days with my pal Ben Silver, but I made the mistake. I was like, I don't really want to go for that long because I got thing to do. So I was like, I'll just go for two nights. Yeah. But which, what's interesting, I spent two of them days traveling. One day Yay. all the way, delays and stuff, and then on the third day all the way back. So I had one day there. Where uh, went to like restaurants, went to a museum of freaks, and then had an early night. Hey, that sounds good. <laughs> you'll you'll like this freak story. So we went in this uh, weird museum on the outskirts yeah. of Amsterdam. We go in, and uh, there's a guy right who works there, and he's like, "No food yeah. or drink, and uh, ten euro a ticket." And Ben walks over to him, and this guy was drawing in plain sight of everyone. And you could see clearly what he was drawing. And what he was drawing yeah. was a GCSE level of art history uh, yeah. picture of two women kissing. Yeah. 
Right, okay. You could see plain view what he was drawing. And Ben walks in up to him and he goes, Hey! He goes, You drawing? And he goes, Yeah. Yeah. He goes, What are you drawing? And he goes, a bit embarrassed, he goes, Oh, two girls? And then Ben goes, Yeah. And what are they doing? <laughs> and he goes, Oh, uh, they're kissing. And then Ben yeah. goes, Well, I love that. Did you know I was coming? You drawing that for me? <laughs> That's funny. And then that was Very one. Good. That was one funny thing that happened. And then the other funny thing that happened on the way out, I was at the airport going through security. Yeah. And uh, what did I do? Oh yeah, I was going through security, and this scally walks up to me in a t-shirt, yeah. and he's holding his baby, and he's got no shoes on. And he goes to me. He goes, "Hey mate, you ready for your cavity search?" <laughs> <laughs> And I, went, and I went like this. I've already had mine. I'm going round again. <laughs> That's funny. And then, got all my clobber back on. I walked past him and he was telling his girlfriend. But he changed the story a little bit. You know what I'm saying? He'd already changed it. I just walked past and I heard him go. And, I, and then he said to me, I've already had one, but I want another one. Hey. <laughs> you calling it. Come back here. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, I've already been once, I'm going round again. Say that to her, say it properly. <laughs> I've got a reputation to keep. Well, you worry about that, you know, when you tell a joke and then you think, if someone retells it the wrong way, you sound like a right idiot. Yeah. Hey, my mate's got this joke and it's like this. You know, that's bloody terrible, isn't it? Yeah, no. And it totally. is the way you tell it's ten percent of what you say and ninety percent of how you say it. You've said that to me since the day I met you, like ten years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I And wanna... it's still true now. What's interesting, I've heard people tell anecdotes <laughs> But it's just because like words, you know, like you change one word, it can completely change a joke. Yeah, definitely. Or if you don't yeah, know yeah. someone and you're hearing about something funny they've said, you're like, hmm. Yeah. Well, because, like, that's the problem with it because I'm to getting emails in German at work and then I translate them into Google, then I write my reply and then I translate them back to German. But I think sometimes there must be words that <laughs> don't quite come across right. Because I remember I, I wrote something to somebody... I think my boss sent me an email being like, blah, 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 like, you know, proposing an idea. And I wrote, that's all right, well, you know, that's all good with me, that sounds good. And it came across just as me going, I'm feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> so so someone sent me an email being like, I, you know, I think we should do this for the trip next year, you know, and do this. And I've replied going, I'm feeling good today. <laughs> Hey, okay, that's me. Yeah, so you tried to say all sounds good to me, and it's come across as yeah, I'm yeah, good. I'm right good. Me. I'm good, me. <laughs> yeah, I'm well. Yeah, so you got to be careful in this game. Hmm. Yeah. This old game. Well, I think there's the understanding that I'm a defty. Yeah. Hey, oh, I've got to tell you something. I've got to do a course. What on? And it's going to take up all my time and energy. What? <laughs> so I, I applied to stay in Germany, right? And it was a pain in the buttocks, if you don't mind me saying. And the bit in between. And <laughs> I've jumped through all these hoops. And 
did all these things in like health insurance and bloody, you know, work permit and all this, this stuff. Pain in the bum because of Brexit. And finally, they're like, right, here's your ID card. You're here for three years. Happy days. I get a letter in the post. It says, right, you're here. Now you have to do your language and integration course. Mm. I'm like, what's this? So they're like, well, to stay in Germany, you have to prove that you're on a course where you're studying the language, but you also have to do an integration module where you learn about how Germany works and like, mm. things like politics and government and stuff like that. So they're like, right, you have to do this accredited course. Well, I remember in my job interview, the guy who runs this school that I work at, it also does a language school. And he's like, if you ever wanted to do a course, you can do it for free. So I was like, well, that's good. So I signed up for this course and it's four nights a week mm. and it's three hours every night. And I have to do it until next year, like 2024. What the fuck? And it's like four, I think it's like 400 hours of like learning time. And then you have to do an exam. What the so fuck? So just to let you know, I'll be free Friday night and weekends if you want to do, do the pod. What the <laughs> fuck? I know, it's mad, isn't it? Like, because, well... What a perfect opportunity for me to na to announce the Pottervision podcast is over, but may we all <laughs> welcome to our ears the Tom Lawrenson podcast featuring <laughs> frequent or semi-frequent contributor <laughs> Lucas Kirkby. <laughs> hey, but when I'm not there, you can have guests Connie, the Pied Piper, <laughs> Lewis Shaw. Sorry that you were third, Lewis. Uh, you just third to come into my brain. <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll make it work. Martina, I feel sorry for because I'm bloody away all the time. Either teaching English or learning German. If I was you, I would buy a van and I'd live. Actually, go live. Go go live in a van, and then you don't have to have a job, and then you can just do the course, and that'll be your job. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it quite works like that. Uh, Why not? Maybe I don't think it's, I don't think there's anything to do with my address. It's the fact what. What country I'm in? You ain't thinking, brother. No. Why do you, why do you have a job? To earn money. Why do you need money? To pay for the hay. <laughs> <laughs> You're onto something there. That's fantastic. I'll forage for food, nuts and berries. Black forest gato. Mm. Come on, they're just lying around the forests. If you walked up <laughs> to your local German Frankfurter salesman, like the little mouse yeah. from Aristocats with your little plate behind you, looking hungry, yeah. I'm sure they'd plant a sausage in your mouth. I think so, yeah. Forget the plate. I am having my mouth agape, ready to receive that lovely Frankfurter. Got any currywurst with that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we sh we should uh we should recreate your stag do. I think so, yeah. Do it all again. Um Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, let's entertain that idea and then uh, Never do it. <laughs> not do it. <laughs> yeah. Well we'll just have to wait till someone else gets married, won't we? And then do something similar.
Congratulations and celebrations. So, Tom, why are you dressing up your mate from school as German Mr. Bean? Right, it worked for my other friend, and it's going to work for him. Right. <laughs> I don't uh, like Mr. Bean. You love Mr. Bean. You like pho- Germany, don't you? On the phone to you, trying to get that outfit off you. Can you send that uh, Mr. Bean outfit over, Lucas boy? <laughs> uh, don't know what you're on about. You wearing it Monday morning. <laughs> Is that what you wear to work? Every day, yeah. And the lady hopes It shows that I'm... Uh, it's part of my, you know... <laughs> the rules that I can stay in Germany. I have to wear lederhosen and eat pretzels for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I go, look, kids, I'm, you know, accepting Germany, but I'm not forgetting my English roots, Mr. Bean. I would like to use this opportunity of being halfway through this podcast or not yes. that, quarter of the way through or something to announce to the listeners that the next Patreon episode we will be talking about Tom Felton's newly released autobiography. Yes, it is called Beyond the Wand. Uh, it's in all good bookstores and probably some shit ones. And it's also on Audible, so you can listen. Uh, is it him narrating it, I assume? Yeah, that's what I downloaded. It's him narrating it. Uh, saying the words exactly as he wrote them in a little posh southern accent. But let me tell you this. For the first time on the podcast, it's like we're doing something Potter-related. So why not go to patreon.com forward slash Pottervision to check it out? Yeah, there we go. Um... Hey, but reading the first few chapters made me think that we should maybe watch The Borrowers for uh, a future Double Vision episode. That'd be good. No way, because you know who's in The Borrowers? Slughorn! Jim Broadbent! Don't do that. Why do you hate Jim Broadbent? I hate Jim Broadbent. (laughs) (laughs) What? Don't do that. It's offensive, Jim. (laughs) I don't know what you're doing an impression of, Jim, but it's offensive. I don't need to do hey, an impression like of you. Jim, but it's offensive. It stops now. <laughs> uh, bean sprout, <laughs> green bean. We are the borrowers. Oh, I'm sure the thing Cracking is. Cracking out, sure. One of the nicest yeah. things about doing this Pot Vision podcast is we have a niche yeah. listenership, to say the least, right? And what is good about that is whenever I've been. That to not many. Is yes. When I vent about something that I'm not a fan of, uh, QI, people with dogs, Jim Broadbent, I will always get people coming up to me or sliding in my inbox saying, hey, so you know, you're not alone. I hate Jim Broadbent as well. <laughs> That's good, a bit of solidarity. Do you know what, actually, Potter Vision listeners, can I just make a point on that? You are messaging Tom Laurinson to say, yes, I agree, I hate Jim Broadbent. And yet, the other week when I announced Poppy's death, I did not get a single message of condolence for my beloved furry pet. But no, no, you continue to message Tom about how you agree that grapefruit is shit and you can leave me to groveling me grief. Anyway, do you want a fucking rundown or what? <laughs> yes, please. 
It's chapter 15, The Hogwarts High Inquisitor. That was a joke, by the way. You didn't have to send me a message of condolence. Professor Umbridge has been appointed the Hogwarts High Inquisitor. What does that mean? That means she can look in all the teachers' lessons. See what they're doing, rummage through their desk drawers. Look in their air for nits, right? And she's making notes, right? She goes to Grubbly Plank. What's going on with Hagrid? Grubbly Plank don't know, right? But she likes Grubbly Plank. She wants Grubbly Plank to replace Hagrid. Then she goes to see Professor Trelawney. How many years have you worked, dear love? Mmm, that's a lot, considering you're still a bit shit, aren't you? Then she goes to Professor McConical. And Professor McConical is not having any of it. She's like, right, you stay over there. Stop messing about with my lesson. She's like, all right, Professor McConical. And she makes loads of bloody notes. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then right at the end, uh, Harry has a dream about being in a corridor. And that is the Hogwarts High Inquisitor. What a chapter, eh? A chapter, a chapter, a chapter it was. Umbridge has been appointed the High Inquisitor. Percy giving it the big in the paper. What a dilemma. Mugwump sounds offensive. Yeah, I wouldn't be like to call it a mugwump. Uh, whatever it may mean. But it did yeah, get like me... Yeah. It did get me thinking this episode that it's about time Hogwarts had a bit of structure. Not just Dumbledore sat in his office, licking his pen, deciding what he's going to do for the year. Ooh, I'm going to make Hagrid the PE teacher this year. Ooh, I'm going to make Flipwick... Captain of the girls' football team. Ooh, I'm going to make Snape uh, the commander of the mermaids. No, right? Government's <laughs> coming in and yeah. saying no more mucking about. Long, a bit too long have these been, these three been running around, living at large. They should be put in, for the lack of a better punishment, exclusion. Yeah. Well, I think you're right about Dumbledore because he's spreading himself too thinly. He can't be headmaster of Hogwarts, supreme mugwump, and chief warlock of the Wizengamot or whatever he is. It's like, well, how many things are you doing here? You can't have, you can't do everything. But also, it's like me, I had to give up badminton or uh, swimming. I can't remember what it was. No one asked you to give up either of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, always going to have to give up. It was either gymnastics or uh, going to McDonald's, and it was an what, easy choice. What's really funny? Once, <laughs> uh, when you were a younger lad, you put on Facebook. This is your status. You put, "I'm loving improv and stand up at the moment, but it's just very sad knowing one day I'll have to choose just one." Did I? And then a lot of people commented, "Going, no, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember saying that. Is that definitely me? Yeah, it was you. Bloody hell, what a maniac. Oh, well, now I'm doing neither, so who wins now? I'm here. Well, we're doing podcasts. That's like stand-up and improv mixed together, isn't it? It's prepared. I'm part of it. We're improvising. We're listening. On the main show. <laughs> but let me tell you this. I was chatting <clears throat> uh, with my f pal the other day, who's also yeah. stand-up, 
about um, when you come off stage and you think you've done all right, and then the MC slags you off. Oh, that happened to me in bloody um, Royal Exchange Theatre. What happened? It went like, hey, I'll, I'll tell you who it is. You'll know who it is immediately when I, I say I know who it is. You know, yeah, have his jacket in a rucksack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I came on and I did my comedy songs and it went down all right. And then he came on afterwards and he was like, oh, and next we've got another singer. And he was like, bloody hell, it's the X Factor. He was like, taking the piss and it was like the X Factor. But saying it like I didn't do very well. Didn't he go like, what was that, well, didn't he go like, what was that shit or something like that? Uh, no, he didn't quite say <laughs> what was that shit. But he, he might say something like, what bloody hell was all that or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was well, yeah. funny. I was it thinking be it, weird. I was thinking of you because my pal came off stage thinking I went, all right. And then um, Comet yeah. goes on stage and says to the audience, oh. fucking hell, watch out for him in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> what does he mean by that? Well, he's going to stab you. We know who the school shooter is. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, no. Well, I did that gig in that rugby club where the guy who MC No, he headlined and he also booked the gig. And he, like, stole, like, Gary Delaney's jokes and did, like, like racist, homophobic stuff. And then he, he slagged off my act after I'd been on as well. That, that, was, that was terrible. But, uh, yeah... You don't mind an, like an audience member being a bit of an ass, but I think when it's somebody on stage with you, you're like, well, we're kind of in this together, making yeah. this show. Yeah. It was like a teacher, another teacher coming into your classroom going, don't listen to Kirk boy, Mrs. Kirkbull, whatever she, she's talking <laughs> shit, can't even speak French, whatever. But let me tell you yeah. this. Hmm. Yeah, it's very weird. So you you brought up the fact that um, Dumbledore has bit off more than you can chew. He's got all these titles: yes. Supreme Warlock, Little Mugwump, Head Teacher of a School, Head Teacher of a School. But not only that. <laughs> hey, we're not letting that slide. He's the head teacher of a stool, which is funny, both as a chair and a, as a turd. <laughs> it's Bogwarts. <laughs> Anyway, carry on. But not only is he doing all them, he's also trying to take down the most evil man in existence. <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to have to choose, right? You can't do Hogwarts, Voldemort, Wizengamot and Mugbump. You've got too much on and I, I can't drive you there every night. <laughs> I'm every night of the week. I'm Mrs. Taxi driving you, Dumbledore. I've got to drive you to Mugwump Club, Chief Warlock Association. I've got to drive you to the bloody Deathly Hallows and back, that bloody white tomb. Can't be doing it. You want me to go to a cave this weekend? But it's like the age-old thing, isn't it? Do you quit swimming or badminton? Do you know what Lucas decided to do in the end? He quit both. <laughs> I quit but well I can't be doing all these things and that's what Dumbledore needs to do his mum can't be taking him to all these clubs it's not fair on her she's got to have her own time for herself but imagine if like I don't know so you're a teacher at a school aren't you 
What if it was up to you to, like, I don't know, settle this war in Ukraine? Oh, bloody hell. Well, I get Wednesday afternoons off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that would be, you know, I can answer a few Ukraine-related emails uh, at that time. <laughs> well, Friday, Saturday, you've got Pottervision editing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it then. Um, can you do... Um, you can do Sunday at four, Mr. President. We need to discuss you sending us some more weapons. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. The salute of a nation. Yeah. Hey, well, he used to do comedy, didn't he, Zelensky? Um, so maybe I should ask him, how does he juggle everything? Although, <laughs> that's not me imagining that he is also doing the stand-up circuit at the moment. Uh, I'm not saying that. But yeah, he's, I'm sure he went on like Ukraine's Got Talent or something. Something like that. There you go. But yeah, I don't think I could do what Dumbledore does. Yeah. I've got podcast, and I've got work, and now I've got... Three hours, four nights a week learning German. You That's also, enough for me. You also have a flurry of children you are trying to mould into good students. And tell you yes. who's also a good student. Draco Malfoy. Oh, he's one of the best. He's Professor, Professor Snape starts reeling out uh, the essays that have been graded. And he starts yeah. slagging off people who have got a D. Malfoy's ears prick up and he goes, some people got a D. And it's like, wow, he's confident enough yeah. to prove that he hasn't got a D. That's a good student. Yeah. Harry's not as clever as him, as him yeah. yeah. What you've got is a clever bully. Yeah, and do you know what? It doesn't do to, you know, if there's someone you don't like in school or in general, right? You can't just be annoyed at everything they do and everything they say. And, you know, if they get a good mark, it doesn't have to be, you know, wrong or whatever. You have to admit your enemy's strengths. Only when you accept your enemy's strengths can you, you know, be better suited for victory. Yeah? Yeah. You need to respect your opponents. Yeah, he's a clever lad, Draco Malfoy. He does well in his exams, doesn't he? I couldn't believe his dad was only 41. It makes sense. But when they said Lucius Malfoy, 41, I was like, is he? Bloody hell. That was a tough well, wizarding war. Well, just just the uh, Potters were um, teen mums, weren't they? Yeah, so he must have been... Yeah, he must have been a lot older than all that lot. Not yeah, that much. I feel like the... Only like... How old would he have been when he had Draco, like 25 or something? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like he's more like the Weasley's age then. They seem to be in their 40s, something like that. Some old shit like that. <laughs> yeah, so Harry does get this... Um, uh, sorry, why have they even printed counter-opinions? Oh, yeah, ignore me. He gets a bad grade in school, and can I say as a teacher, there's nothing worse than marking a bad test. Right? I've been marking maths tests this week, and when there's a bad one, you're like, oh, oh. 
you know, writing crosses, writing what the answer should have been, giving a bad grade. You think, oh dear. Why is it work? Is that work? A bad paper? Bad grade. No, no, he's a bad grade, but like, is that work? Like, when someone's done it all wrong, you're like, oh, I've got to write loads now. No, not because I have to write loads. Um, it is more work, you have to like cross it and then write the right answer instead of being like tick, 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 tick. But yeah, but then you, you just, yeah, you, it's like giving somebody bad news and you're like, and if there's a kid that's a bit, it's <laughs> a kid that's like a bit emotional, mm. uh, I'll be like, oh no, I can't, I'm not looking forward to giving them the fact that they've not done very well. But you know, what can I do? You know. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Snake, right, he goes, right, you've done your uh you've done your essay on poisons or whatever it was. Well done. Right. Now your homework next week is an essay on antidotes. Like, Professor Snake, where is the six weeks of work before this assessment? We you've just done an assessment with us. Right. We need a bit of a scheme of work, a curriculum. When have we had time to learn about venom? <laughs> you know what I mean? What I'm saying here. Yeah, I think we've well, got a week, haven't they? Yeah, that's true, eh? Speed learn. How can Professor Umbridge be inspecting other people's lessons when she has her own lesson to teach? Not only does she have one lesson to teach, she has like seven years of people to teach. I thought that, like, I thought, well, you know, maybe she has, a, you know, one free lesson a day where she can go and do a lesson. But there's one where she does like three lessons a day. It's like, you've got seven years of Defence Against the Dark Arts to teach. And you've got two uh, learning groups for every year. You think, well, wait, wait, that's 14 groups. Never mind how many classes a week you have with them. It's got to be the time turner. Hey, maybe that's what she's doing. Yeah, bloody hell. Imagine if that's the twist. 700 page book. It's the time turner. You did that in the three. <laughs> it's back it again. <laughs> um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child it's the time turner oh for fuck's sake oh, Deathly Hallows the time turner it didn't have to be a Deathly Hallow as well we've had the time turner fuck's sake <laughs> I don't know about you Tom but I do not like the owl grading system oh me either there are five uh, grades you can get, right? Oh. Outstanding, which is all right. Exceeds expectations, which again is all right. Acceptable, which is all right. Poor, which I don't agree with. And then dreadful. And these are the five things you can get. And, uh, you can get a troll. Bloody hell, that's... Is that a real one or were they just joking? That's got to be a joke. Well, the thing is, the fact that poor yeah. is one... Dreadful is one of them. Troll might as well be one of them. Yeah, definitely. Because trolls are thickies. You're a troll. Well, it's a bit like those when you do... Because I remember doing music exams and, like, performance exams. And there you could either get pass, merit, or distinction. Uh, or honours, actually. If you get honours at one point, or a fail. I am honoured like... to take this test. Lovely. Yeah, 
Oh, it used to be weird doing those. Did you ever do music exams? Uh, no, unfortunately, I'm not gifted with the talent of music. I'm only no. gifted with the powers of persuasion. Yeah. Well, I remember being <laughs> doing an exam. It was about 12, 13. And um, it was like, you just get put into a room with this ancient retired music teacher who's your examiner. And then you have to do three pieces and then you have to do a sight reading thing. I remember once he, uh, he asked me to take my shoes off before touching the pedals. Mm-hmm. And I tried to make a joke saying, uh, oh, I didn't know I was going on a bouncy castle. Yeah. And it, he did not find that very funny at all. Uh, <laughs> it put a bit of a sour mood onto the exam, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, but I thought it was very odd. He didn't want me to touch the pedals with my feet, with my shoes on. Either that, or he wanted a bigger whiff of your feet. What do you think of that? Well, he did lift them up and shove them up his nostrils. So maybe, yeah, I forgot about that. Inconclusive. That could have been something else. Yeah, yeah. There's no way of knowing. There's no way of knowing. (laughs) Well, yeah, because we used to do drama exams, and then there was... I've told you this before... Well, there was a guy, so we were in a drama group. So most of the people who were doing the exams were people from the drama group. But because it was an official examination centre, like independent candidates could come in and do an exam. Mm. And there was a guy once who came in to do an acting exam and you had to do one piece of Shakespeare, one piece of acting from the 1800s and then something modern, right? But he decided that he wanted to do everything in the style of John Cleese from Faulty Towers. Right. So he did his Shakespeare speech as John Cleese and he had the the suit, the Basil Faulty suit on. He did the modern piece as John Cleese and did the 18th century bit. Now, I know this because you're not allowed in the exam when someone else is doing an exam. But we were in the room next door where everyone was waiting to go in for the exam. And he was waiting there dressed as Basil Fawlty. And then he'd go off and we'd be like, right, good luck, good luck. And he'd go into doing this exam. And next minute, we would hear shouting. We would hear banging and crashing. And apparently the examiner said he'd like thrown chairs around the room. Like, like he's going mad in Fawlty Towers. Well... I can't say I find John Cleese funny, and I can't say I would have liked to have been in the room when that man was doing that. So, poor marks for everyone involved. (laughs) Fail. Well, how many points can you deduct for them being John Cleese? Because if they did everything perfect, like the acting, you know, the intonation was perfect, diction was good, they remembered all the lines, knew all the theory... But they did do everything at John, John Cleese. Can they get a still? Can they still get a distinction? I don't know. I'll find that examiner and ask. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it must be horrible having your lesson observed. I had to do a lesson to get into school, um, to get the job. So three people sat and watched me do a lesson. And then, but I used to do lesson observations, but not for the teachers. I, I observed uh, 
a kid. So I'd have a kid that I'd be assigned to and I had to look at their behaviour and see if there were any patterns, if there were any triggers, if there were, you know, what worked well, what didn't work very well. Mm. And that was very fascinating. It was a bit like psychological in that respect. Um, but yeah, the idea of someone checking up on you is not very nice. Yeah, it is a hard thing to do to perform while being observed. Yeah. Well, and especially because Umbridge is the worst type. Like, she's interfering, she's not doing it from a distance. And at one point, she does what people do to us in the comedy world, where they go, go on, tell us a joke. She goes to Professor Trelawney, go on, predict something then. It's like, I don't work like that. The ball's not ready. Very rude. Yeah, I don't think I'd cope if Professor Umbridge came into my lesson. I'd throw my, I'd throw my marker up and a bit of chalk at the floor, and I'd go, "I'm not doing it then. I'm not doing it then." <laughs> I refused. The Ministry says. The Ministry says. The Ministry can take a hike, right? I like to do my lessons in private. I do you reckon? And then it's a, yeah. Do you reckon the Hogwarts teachers let out their houses on Airbnb for the rest of the year while they're not there? They're missing a trick if they're not. That's like waiting to be... Well, I don't think a lot of them have their own houses. I know Snape does. We found that out. But like, why would you need... You know, you've got Hogwarts and you're there most of the year. Why would you not just stay there? Because it's a bit magic, isn't it? You can have as much room as you want. The dating world. You can't be bringing one-night stands to Hogwarts, can you? Peeves coming hey. in, looking at you. Oh! Hey, do you want to come back to my place? You will need a CRB certificate to get in. Right. This, tonight was going really well, uh, but until you said that... Then you went and said that. Yeah, then you went and it. spoiled it all by saying CRB certificate. Saying something stupid like CRB... Another little yeah, that's bicker. This is another little bickering chapter. Yeah, they like arguing, don't they? Mm. Yeah. McGonagall well, yeah, screaming at Umbridge. Yeah. A big tick yeah. for Professor Grubbly Prank. What a chapter. We've talked about Grubbly Plank, and I think she's great. There's like she's she knows what she's doing, she teaches good stuff. And she's on the bloody ball. And, mm. you know, I do feel sorry for Hagrid, don't get me wrong. And he can still stay on as gameskeeper and keeper of the keys, right? But he shouldn't be teaching, right? Grubbly Plank seems to be doing pretty well. Oh. Harry, so then we get Umbridge's own lesson. So Umbridge is, she can't observe herself unless she had a mirror. Yeah. She's teaching her own... Defence Against the Dark Arts lesson, right? And Harry, even though he's already had loads of detentions, and even though McGonagall has told him not to rise to it, he can't help getting a word in with Umbridge when she's peddling tripe. He's got no, like, self-restraint. Like, he's like, that's a lie! Voldemort's going to kill us! Like, right. You can disagree with someone in your mind, in your own brain. 
You don't have to be shouting out. He'd be shitting a pub quiz, is what I'm saying. It's Hi. Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. Shh, Harry, shut up. Everyone fucking heard that. Keep your voice down. Hmm. Well, I think what Harry's doing is standing up for what is true and what is righteous. I think if I was in the same scenario, I'd be doing, saying the same thing. You see, the thing is, you've got the fate of the wizarding world in your hands, and there's this new propaganda yeah. going round that Voldemort has not returned, that Harry and Dumbledore are crackers. So what are you going to do? Just yeah. roll over and let them say that about you? Or are you going to set an example in front of all these people who know full well the consequences of shouting out in Umbridge's Umbridge lesson? You need to show them that you stand up for what is true because you're about to get tortured. So you're like, wow, he's willing to get tortured. He's either insane or what he's saying is true. And what I've seen so far in the past four years of studying with him, he's a, he's a brave young man who, I don't know, is not mad. Yeah, well said. Well said. I, I've got nothing to add to that. That was fantastic. Thank you. And so much so that Hermione suggests to Harry, hey, Harry, maybe you should start some lessons. Oh, yeah. Teach the kiddies how to defend their bodies from harm, how to defend their brains from harm. Um, and he thinks it's a daft idea. And I did at first, because I was like, agreeing with him, I'm like, well, he's not actually particularly talented in a lot of things. But then he's like, well, but, you know... I know how it feels to be nearly dead. I know how it feels to fight evil to and have nasty things happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's exciting. We're getting the, you know, the seedling of a potential club that I'm sure we'll see uh, develop. develop. Um, yeah, fantastic. And Hermione, for the first time ever, says a rude word, doesn't she? Oh, she says cunt. No, she says Voldemort. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, silly Ig you. Ignore me, ignore me. Silly you, Tom. She says Voldemort. And if she's like any other teenager learning a new word, she'll be saying that morning, noon and night for the next five years. Morning, noon and night. Right. <laughs> How many rude words from a little girl's mouth are you giving this chapter out of five? Um, it was all right. We got some, uh, see, I, because <laughs> I work in a school environment, so I'm quite interested in the idea of, you know, examining how teachers teach. How are they different from one another? Um, I like the idea that we're being planted with, uh, Dumbledore's army, the start of that. Um, it was an all right chapter, not too much going on. I'm going to give it a middle for diddle, two and a half, little girls with potty mouth saying a rude word, out of five. I accepted that this was a chapter. Bickering, umbrage, hell. Is it misogyny that Harry has against Professor Umbridge? A professional of equal stature to Dumbledore, coming into this school and yet he cannot stand her i hate to see it it's a sad thing to see i for one you know i think she's trying her best and she believes what she is doing is right and you cannot falter for that but 
otherwise, I think Hogwarts are going pretty well. I've got to give this chapter <laughs> no less than five foul-mouthed girls out of five. Well, well, we were. Now, are you ready for quiz? <laughs> quiz, yes. quizzicky, quiz, quizzicky, quiz, 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 crew. Gonna ask you some questions. How well will you do? Quiz, quizzicky, quiz, quizzicky, quiz, 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 quee. Gonna ask you about Harry Potter, Lucas. How well will you be? Hey, wasn't it nice hearing it sung properly? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Question one. How old is Lucius Malfoy? 41. Correct. Question two. What did Harry get on his essay? Moonstone essay. Dreadful. And what did Ron get? Uh, he got poor. Who is Professor Trelawney's grandmother? Oh, shit. Um, oh, this was going well. Um, Professor Trelawney's grandmother, oh, I don't know. She is um, da, 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 Winifred Trelawney. No, think Rodney. Her name was Cassandra. Question five. What is the last word of the Hang chapter? On, I'm sure I've asked five questions already. No, that was four. Question five. What is the last right. word of the chapter? Mm. Sleep. Again. You always think it's sleep. You think every chapter ends with Harry then goes to sleep. <laughs> it always does. There's so many chapters where he goes to sleep at the end. So if I don't know, that's my guess. <laughs> He goes asleep. Now it is time for the nation's second favourite segment. It's Hedwig's Droppings. We're not alluding to owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in when we allude to Hedwig's Droppings. What's in a beak this week? Well, we've had a couple of questions and emails. The first one is from Cameron McIndoe on Patreon. Now Cameron says, now I like this question, he says, if you could attend Hogwarts for one year out of the seven we see in the books, which one would you choose? So you're a Hogwarts student and you can either be in, you know, at Hogwarts for a year, but in which of the seven books would you like to be in at Hogwarts for? First thing in my mind is Triwizard Tournament. It's Goblet of Fire. There's so much going on. It's a good bit of fun. How about you? That's well. The thing is that Triwizard Tournament. The only villain is trying to kill Harry. Right? He's not trying to kill anyone yeah. else. There's no yeah, other yeah, deaths. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can go to Hogsmeade if you want. But then again, the whole man. Well, is there no Quidditch as well? Yeah, Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, come on, no Quidditch, lots of fun. Hogsmeade. That's our answer. Yes. I think everything else comes a lot lower. Yeah, so thank you very much. Cameron, uh, we've had another message, and I'm hoping I pronounced this right. We've had a message from Margaret Rune Simonadotir. And I'm so sorry, Margaret. I've probably said that wrong. Margaret says, I'm very sad to say that I only discovered your podcast a week ago. 
but I've been listening to you back to back every day since then and I'm trying my best to catch up before you finish the series. I've read the books and listened to the audiobooks a million times since I was a child, but you keep bringing up thoughts and points of views I've never thought about and you make me laugh so much. Anyway, I really love your podcast. I've even been asked what's so funny while I'm at work because I didn't realise I was laughing out loud while sitting at my desk. Can't wait to catch up to where you are today and hear more about your mould problem and school trips to France. All the best from Iceland and Sweden. Hey, we've got a hey. <laughs> Iceland. Sweden. Iceland and Sweden. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to try it one more time. Margaret Rune Simonadotir. Thank you. Uh, and we've had, <laughs> we've had an email from Amos Diggory. <laughs> So someone's someone's filled in the form on the website and it's amosdiggery at hotmail.com uh, which I'm sad to find out because I tried replying and it didn't go anywhere. I got a, an error message. But Amos has sent us a message on the website and it says, Hi Pot Vision Boys, it's me, Amos Diggory. Uh, stop taking the piss out of me and talk about some good stuff. Thanks, Amos. No. Amos, you should have emailed us back when we were doing the book you were in. Uh, it's been and gone. We've My boy! <laughs> My boy! Yeah? Do you like that, Amos? You keep complaining, we'll keep doing it. All right? <laughs> so thank you very much, Amos Diggory. I was going to tell people to get in touch with him, but the email doesn't work, unfortunately. Never mind. Right, Tom, we've got a load of new patrons. Um, how many would you like to do today? How many have we got? We've got... <laughs> ten! That is mental. How do you let this happen? <laughs> what do you... Why are you telling me off? People are supporting us. Ten. Including with 60 kroners. One second. Right. <laughs> You ready? He's Googling 90s movies. I am not doing <laughs> that. <laughs> hey, you've not done Moana. What are you talking about? Right. You are late for the dentist. Okay. Okay, you ready? Give me a name. Okay, the first one, they've sent us an email and they're a brand new baby Hermione. It's Cameron McIndoe. Cameron McIndoe. Cam, Cameron McIndoe. You got six syllables, baby. What's half of six? Three. You are playing a board game called Jew Man G. <laughs> <laughs> you roll at the dice and all of a sudden some monkeys come out of the board game 
these monkeys start scratching at your face. It hurts. Ow! Blood runs down your face. I hear the commotion. I run into the room. I grab these monkeys and I hit them against the wall until they stop moving. I lift you up. But unfortunately, I am the huntsman from Jumanji and I hold a gun up to your face. Your parents come in and save you. Bloody hell. And uh, I've just had a look and it was 1995. That's Jumanji. So thank you very much, Cameron McIndoe. Uh, next up, we've got a baby Harry, and it's Rory King. Rory King. You are in the swinging 60s, and you are in bed shagging a woman. Unfortunately, <laughs> all of a sudden, somebody steals your mojo. You're in bed, and you've lost your mojo for... Dr. Evil has gone back in time and sucked it out of you. Now, I am Mini-Me. You are confronted with me in the corridors of Dr. Evil's spaceship on the moon. Uh, we have a bit of a fight, but you're a bit enamoured with me. I bite you on the hand, the knee, I kick you in the nuts, but... We resolve the whole issue and give you some kisses <laughs> on the face. There you go, Rory King. We've also got another baby, Harry, and it's Joseph Williams. Joseph Williams. I find out you, you are my estranged son or something. I take you into my New York <laughs> apartment and I start like looking after you. <laughs> right gets to a point where I'm like, yeah, go to the toilet and you can't wipe your own ass I'm having to help you with it we go for McDonald's but we get there at like 11 and McDonald's breakfast is closed I am Big oh, Daddy no, I thought this was Elf it's, it's uh, Big Daddy isn't it <laughs> I am Big Daddy <laughs> um, it's because you're too upset that you're not getting any McDonald's, I hold you in the air and... Mwah, 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 mwah. Oh, I thought I had it. I was like, right, adopted son, New York apartment, it's got to be Elf. Mm. Uh, so thank you very much, Joseph Williams. We've got another baby, Harry, and it's Olivia Fogarty. Olivia Fogarty. You are a baby in Paris. Unfortunately, uh, you're a monster, so your parents drop you off at Notre Dame. They take Ooh. one look at you and put you right up in the ceiling with all the gargoyles. Your name is Quasimodo, a name that means half formed. My name is Esmeralda. I'm the sexiest girl in town. <laughs> Unfortunately, the mayor of France wants to both kill me and shag me. I don't know which one he wants to do first. But also, you are in love with me, Quasimodo, and you want to kiss me. But I am like, no! Because I am Esmeralda, and everyone wants a piece of me. But there's a bit of commotion, I take pity on you, and you are declared 
upside down days, prettiest boy, and there you go, Olivia. Mm. We've got another baby Harry here, and it's Jack Bartlett. Jack Bartlett. You go on holiday to a mysterious island, Jack Bartlett. On this island, you are with your sister and two people who aren't your parents. Richard Attenborough is there. And he's got a surprise for you. <laughs> he says, look up into the sky. <laughs> That's right. Dinosaurs. I am a dinosaur. I'm a pterodactyl. I s Stop it. I swoop down, bite your <laughs> leg, and throw you into the air. Everyone is screaming because they think they're about. I'm about to eat you. But I've been genetically modified to not do that. And instead, I return you to safety with just a few scratches. There you go, Jack. We've got another baby, Harry, and it's Leslie089. That's lovely. Uh, Leslie089. You are a baby in Africa. And you are trying to solve a mystery to do with animals. You are in the back of a fake hippopotamus <laughs> spying on someone. But unfortunately, <laughs> the hippopotamus uh, air conditioning breaks and you get too hot. You crawl out um, and a load of tourists think the hippopotamus is giving birth. But no... <laughs> it's you coming out. Uh, you've landed on the floor. I am a tourist. I run over and think, why not? I'd love to kiss a baby hippo. And lovely. We've got four left. How are you doing? All right. Hey. Well, thank you very much, Leslie. Oh eight nine. We've got another baby, Harry, and it's Dan O'Reilly. Dan O'Reilly. <laughs> Dan O'Reilly Come on, we can do this Think <laughs> Think Here we go Dan O'Reilly You are a sailor And you have sailed to the new world To find gold Or maize <laughs> I am Pocahontas and I've fallen in love with you. I take you into the forest and I take you to meet Mother Willow, who is a tree. Mother Willow does not like you and she begins to eat you. Um, she, but she eats you legs first. <laughs> it is the saddest thing in the world because I had just fallen in love with you. But I think might as well get my first kiss before he dies and... Here you go. Thank you very much, Dan. And we've got another baby, Harry, and it's Jordan Lee. Jordan Lee. 
I am an explorer, and I have sailed to a far-off land where I have heard rumour of a giant monkey. You are a giant gorilla. Me and my sailor pals take you back to New York, <laughs> where we put you in chains and put you out as a freak show. Don't worry, I say to everyone, those chains can hold him. Unfortunately, you are too strong for the chains. You rip them away, you steal a blonde woman, and you start climbing the Empire State Building. I am in a plane now, and I start shooting you down. Dugga, 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 dugga. You try and bat me away, but... I don't let it happen. I keep shooting you in the head. You fall, you <laughs> die, and I think, what have I done? It was me who caused all this. I jump on top of you and... Lovely. Thank you so much, Jordan Lee. Now, our penultimate patron is another baby Harry, and it's Sean Bean. Sean Bean. You have... You were my friend at some point. Um, and I have a wife who is sleeping with her brother. You have come <laughs> all the way to Westeros to be my first-hand man. But unfortunately, my I die in a uh, hunting accident. I think I might have been killed. Um, you think you have the right to the throne. Unfortunately, they cut off your head and stick it on a pike. <laughs> we meet in heaven. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much, Sean Bean. And our final new Patreon, our tenth, what a, what a marathon of stories, is Baby Harry, and it's Emma Bradford. Emma Bradford. You are a street rat. Uh... <laughs> Thank you so much, Emma, yeah. for for joining the Patreon. Um, we are grateful. <laughs> you steal a loaf of bread to feed a monkey. Uh, you give yours to some homeless children. Monkey eats his, has a few bites, and gives it to the homeless children. Bit dirty, don't eat monkey bread. You fall in love with a princess. Uh, Jafar tries to kill you. Um, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're Iago. I you're am, Iago or Sultan. I am the Cave of Wonders. What does he say? How do you know you're worthy? Touch nothing but the lamp. The lamp! The lamp! You pass me the lamp. I am now Jafar. And I go, and here's your reward. I try to slice you. My monkey, your monkey, steals the lamp. You wish your way out of there. I, Jafar, think, what have I done? And instead of being against you and trying to kill you, I hold you in my arms and... There you go. Thank you so much, Emma. Uh, thank you so much to all our new patrons. And thank you to all of our old patrons with wrinkly hands. Uh, you know, you are you know committed to supporting us and we're very grateful for that. Um, yeah, as Tom said, uh, next week we're going to have a Tom Felton episode where we'll have read some of his book, maybe all of his book, um, his autobiography, so catch that. Uh, and we've just recently done another Wallace and Gromit by popular demand. People liked uh, um, the wrong trousers, so we did a close shave and talked about Sean and Preston. 
Um, yeah, we're finalising uh, our Edinburgh details at the minute. Are they available at the minute? Has that been announced? No, nothing's been done. No, no, not yet. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll let you know. What, what, what are the teams done that? <laughs> <laughs> One of our team will be on that. Uh, <laughs> me or Tom. Yeah, so once that's all finalised, we'll let you know. But we're definitely going to be at Edinburgh this year for the whole run. So uh, it'd be lovely to see some of you in Edinburgh. Um, but yeah, otherwise, in a fortnight, next episode, we're on episode 111, and it's chapter 16 of book 5, Order of the Phoenix, In the Hog's Head. You have been, well, without the Pied Piper, Tom Lawrence. And you have, you have exceeded expectations, Lucas Kirkby. Yeah, oh, that would have been good if we'd have planned that beforehand. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Pottervision.